Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Today, the title for this podcast is The Battle Between, and I want to speak uh, into the idea that sometimes the battle we face right now is, is simply a battle in between two other things. Sometimes the battle in front of us is a side note, not the main issue. And sometimes we can be so sidetracked by something that was only ever meant to be a moment. So the question is, how do we navigate the battle in between? If you're new to our podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. To all those who listen in week in and week out, welcome back. As far as possible, uh, we release this podcast every Tuesday. And the point is just for us to grab some coffee or tea, perhaps in your car on your way to work or dropping off some kids at school, perhaps just in a nice quiet place or a gym. Let's just spend 10 or so minutes together speaking about something that may help us become more like Jesus. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're on. Why don't you give it a share or, a, or post it on your social media and let's dive into today's session. To set the stage a little bit, I want to give you some context. In the chapter before the one we're talking about, chapter 13 of 1 Chronicles, we see the famous instance of David attempting to bring the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. We've spoken about this before. He tries to do so by placing the Ark on a brand new cart and having people directed and guided as though God were a domesticated being in need of human direction. We know the end of this moment, Uzzah stretches out his hand when the cart stumbles to try help stabilize it, and he is struck down dead. David it says that he is angry and fearful. He sends the ark away to Obed-Edom's house and goes back to Jerusalem. Then, in chapter 15 of 1 Chronicles, we see David try again. This time, we see him go about it as biblically as possible, if you can use that phrase. He uses Levites. He calls for consecration. He prepares a place. He moves the ark this time with a mixture of worship and sacrifice. And so, <coughs> he does it all well, and the end is the ark is back, or the ark is in Jerusalem. So at the end of chapter 13, we see a man afraid and angry. And in chapter 15, we see a man devoted and determined. What changed? What happened in chapter 14? And that is the question for us today. I want to read it to you. Chapter 14, I'm beginning at verse 8. It says this, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went out against them. Now the Philistines had come and made a raid in the valley of Rephaim, and David inquired of God, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, I'll give them into your hand. And he went up to Baal Perizim, and David struck them down. And David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand, like a bursting flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perizim. And they left their gods there, and David gave command, and they were burned. And the Philistines yet again made a raid in the valley. And when David again inquired of God, God said to him, You shall not go up after them. Go around and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then go out to battle. For God has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as God commanded him, and they struck down the Philistine army from Gibeon to Giza, and the fame of David went out to all the lands, and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. So this is what I mean about the battle in between. Chapter 13 is about the ark failure. Chapter 15 is about the ark success. And then right in the middle is this battle with the Philistines. And I think what can happen is, is that we can forget that the major issue of the moment, the major, the major religious and political issue, was where the ark is. And into that come the Philistines. Sometimes when we are dealing with something important, something urgent pops up. 
and demands our, our attention. In this case, the Philistines attack Israel or raid a valiant Israel twice. Even though David was cross with God, he was fearful and angry. He still had enough faith and wisdom to seek God about both battles. The first battle, it goes pretty standardly as far as these things go. He confronts the Philistines army head on and wins a victory. He celebrates, he burns the idols and done. The thing is though, that the Philistines return again. And this time the strategy is very different. David could have assumed that we're going to do things the same way. But this time, Israel had to wait in hiding until they heard the move of God in the trees. And then they were allowed to move. The first victory depended on their strength and skill. And while they won their victory, the victory wasn't complete. The enemy came again. It's almost as though God was saying to them, when you do things in your own flesh, you might get victory, but it'll be short-lived. The second victory is the one where the victory is dependent on the move of God, not the strength of man. It says, when you hear the sound, move. When you hear, move. In other words, move how and when, God says. Don't do what seems natural. Don't fight in your own strength. Instead, focus on God. Wait on God. The battle in between was about so much more than the Philistines. Now, the Philistines were coming up. There was, there was um, aggression from their side. There was all of that. But God used it to show David more than just what the battle was about. In fact, the battle was just a canvas upon which God painted a truth that Israel, and especially David, needed to learn. And here is the lesson. You can absolutely do stuff in your own strength and do what makes sense in the natural, but you can only get so far. The victory will only be short-lived. You, you, you will only ever see limited fruit and success. But if we do things God's way, even when it makes no sense, you see complete victory. Think about how David might have seen that victory in light of what had just happened with the ark. David got the hint. And so in chapter 15, he doesn't use the cart, even though it's more practical. He uses Levites. He prepares a place for the ark before he fetches it. He worships and sacrifices the whole way, even though it made it take longer. He called a special consecration. He did it God's way. And this led to the presence of God coming to Jerusalem. The presence in between was not about the Philistines, but about the presence. It was not about what was urgent. God used what was urgent to redirect David's focus onto what was most important. So what is your battle in between? Perhaps there are some big things that are calling for your attention. Maybe there are Philistines that are attacking you. Maybe there's stuff going on. And, and if we aren't open to God, if we, aren't, if we don't go to God, we might fall into the trap of thinking, this is all I need to focus on. What's urgent gets my full attention. It may be similar to David, and, and what's important in the moment is the presence of God finding its place in your life, your home, your family, and then something more urgent comes on which distracts you from what is most important. It may be something else. It may be something you're dealing with. The most important thing might be something you're dealing with in your business, in uh, your relationships, whatever it is. And then what happens is something else comes up and it tries to distract you. But here's the point I want to bring across today, and, and really this is, this, is, this is a beautiful thought, is that even when things are urgent and when things are distracting, if we go to God with them, he can use them to, to help us out on what's most important. What's urgent can become a tool to help us navigate what's most important. 
What if the purpose of the battle in between is to reveal something to you about the supernatural strategy you need for the most important thing? What if, if you surrender the urgent to God, he gives you in that urgency, in that urgent issue, the very things you need for the most important issue? Now, here's the warning. Sometimes what we can do is we can just, even though there is an important context that is around us, we can try go from one urgent thing to the next urgent thing to the next urgent thing. And if all we ever do is, do is deal with the urgent, we can never apply what we learn in the urgent to the important. Sometimes those things are the same thing, but more often than not, what I've learned and what you know is that what is most urgent can distract us from what's most important. But if we see the battle in between as a canvas upon which God can show us how to navigate what's important, then what's urgent actually becomes incredibly powerful. Never think that the battle in between is what it's all about. The battle in between is to help you navigate success in what's most important. So here's my closing thoughts. Don't get stuck in chapter 14. Don't get stuck in chapter 14. Chapter 14 serves chapter 13 and 15. It finds its place. It finds its purpose in between. Don't make the battle in between your primary focus. Keep your eyes on what's important. Keep your eyes on what's most significant. Leverage what's urgent so that you can navigate what's important. I hope this has been a word just to encourage some of you. Some of you know that today you are navigating what's urgent, and I pray that God would reveal things to you about how to navigate what's most important. God bless you. Have an amazing week, and we will see you same time, same place next week.